Hello and welcome to the Heresy Lodge. I am your host, Dylan Cooper, with our constant host over here. Gavin Franklin. And we are back, ladies and gentlemen, with our review of Nemesis. As we uh, talked about at the end of last episode, we are kind of just jumping straight into this one from our preview. But we do have a different different drink this time. We had the beer that we were debating on last time. It's still not cold, but it's colder than what it was. (laughs) (laughs) It's been in the fridge for an hour. It's like... I was thinking, uh, I can't put it in the freezer, because an hour is too long for beer to be in the freezer. You probably, Honestly, you probably could have asked my wife to take it out in like half an hour. <laughs> See, that's the kind of thing I don't think about. <laughs> God damn it. But this is a, uh, it's from a local brewery. I actually had one of their beers in one of our um, remote episodes. It's from Upland Brewery. This is the one that Gavin said that was famous for their sours. Yes, um, this is actually one of my favorite beers of theirs. I don't like their regular beer, um, but this one's okay. It's a IPA, but it's a hazy IPA, and it's called the Juiced in Time, and it's like a juicy IPA. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's in time, too. <laughs> uh-huh. It is uh, a little hazy. <laughs> I do. I will say, like, I'm not, we've talked about this before, not a big IPA drinker, but I do actually enjoy hazies. Like hazies and blood oranges, those are pretty much the only IPAs I really enjoy. What I ever never understood about this brewery is where is this brewery from? I think it's Columbus. So they're from Columbus, not Bloomington. I think they have one in Bloomington, but I think they're headquartered in Columbus. I wonder why it's not. Although I think each brewery has their own like different beer. Like this one says Bloomington on it. Yeah. Well, they have all the same beers. Yeah, but the, like maybe like the Bloomington one's the one that like created this one. Well, the thing that always bugged me about this brewery is um, there is an Upland, Indiana. There is an Upland, Indiana, and it has nothing to do with that <laughs> in any way, shape, or form. Yeah, I'm really curious where their name came from. Over there, up the land, is the brewery with the Hoosiers. Yes. With our one hill. Yep, that one hill we have in Indiana. Okay. Well, that is Upland. (laughs) (laughs) So, guys, as always, if you want to contact us, critique us, you know, whatever you want to do with us. Well, maybe not whatever. It could get weird. Whatever you want to do with us. But you can get a hold of us by emailing us the at theheresylodge at gmail.com. You can tweet us at Heresy Lodge and join our Discord, which is pinned there. From there, really there's not much else to go to other than just jump into the plot. I was um a little disappointed because we just ended the previous episode last week pretty early, and we could have definitely used that time to talk about your issue with the thing. Your thing with the thing. <laughs> Damn. I wanted to. I wanted to. I think I just needed the energy. <laughs> and I was like, I don't know if I want to dive into that now. So if we have time today. I, I will go into the story. The story of the thing. This will be the episode. Okay. So let's jump right into it. The opening scene. The opening scene. The opening scene. <laughs> Sorry, I just, this is what just happened. I opened the book and I went to the very front page and they were advertising one of the, the books that I, I'm supposing, I'm guessing came out when this was printed, Spear of the Emperor. And I'm like, oh, Spear is a character 
in this book. So maybe that's a book about spear, and it's not. <laughs> it looks like a book about some Astartes. But anyway. Well, it's probably, doesn't like the Emperor have like a famous spear? Like, and like a gauntlet? Like, nail gauntlet? Isn't that Vulcan? I'm pretty sure the Emperor also does. Huh. Well, I'm sure he does. He probably has a famous <laughs> weapon of every weapon. And this is the famous Emperor gun. <laughs> Used by the Emperor. We know it's a revolver, but it's the Emperor gun. It is 500 caliber. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, uh, the opening scene we get in this book is an assassination attempt on Horace Lubacow's life. Which, when I first started reading, I was like, Finally. We get to see more Horace. It's yeah. been 10 books. Yeah, I think this is book 13. 10 books since we've even seen Horace. We finally get to see <laughs> Horace again. 10 books, just a little bit of them now. Not even a mm-hmm. lot. Um, And the assassination attempt fails. It's kind of cool because this guy's going on a planet that's been bombed with nukes. Yeah. And uh, he's going to die just by being on the planet. Yep. And what I find crazy is all like he's there to serve water and shit to all these people, and there's more people doing it. So like, the Sons of Horus Legion is totally cool now with like, hey, we need water. Send down ten serfs. Oh, they're gonna die. We don't care. <laughs> like there's people dying, yeah. literally dying, serving them food, and they don't even need to eat. Nope. <laughs> it's just like a fun thing for them. Kind of crazy. And like a good representation of how dark the Legion has fallen. Because they wouldn't do that shit right. to humans prior to that. Um, but he's about to kill Horus. He gets stopped by Erebus. Yep. Well, it's like Erebus, Luke, Cetere, and Con, Conor, Connor, King. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's definitely the name. Corda. Corda. Yeah, he's... Uh, Luke's like, pal. oh yeah, because Luke's the captain. Yeah, so that's his uh, whatever the fuck they used to call him. We talked about this because I didn't even remember who Luke was. Yeah, and then you were saying that was the person that was supposed to be in the Mournival or some shit. Like yeah, that. yeah, he was the one that was being nominated to be in the Mournival, but when Dorn came and talked to Horus, he actually is the one that was like, yeah, I think you should pick Logan. Yeah, and that's why Logan became. The fourth Mournival member. Yeah. Yeah, really. Uh, so I kind of forgot about him. That's how insignificant of a character he is. Yep, pretty much. Um, and we'll talk about that. I actually mm-hmm. had to look him up. Because yeah. I was like, who the fuck was this guy again? I remembered his name. Yeah. But I was like, I don't... For whatever reason, I thought he was the dude that was like in charge of the... like, um, Fucking Apothecary? shit. Apothecary? Nope. Uh, what's the name? The Lodge. Lodge. I was like, what's the oh. name of our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, there was like a random guy in charge of the lodge. Not him. Not him. It's um Well, it's someone else. <laughs> <laughs> Good deal. Yeah. This is like the issue I think they would have with turning this into a TV series. There's like a billion fucking characters. I think like they could do it, but I would have to be like they'd have to do like each legion, I think, and it I don't think they could do, like, the Horus heresy, per se. I think they could do, like, 
stories about each legion. I think they would almost have to do it like the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but influence more on TV shows. So they would have yeah. movies and TV shows in a chronological order. Yeah. And that's how they, like, I think that, or they would have to run it like it's a TV show, but each episode, like, is four episodes. Does that make yeah. sense? And, like, one story is four episodes. I, I also think, like, I think it would almost have to be, like, animated just because of how, like, oh, but live action would be so badass. It would be really badass, but think about how expensive it would be. And if it, like, didn't do super well the first time, they're not going to fucking make any more. We really should figure out how good the animation the the their vault that they're yeah releasing. the Warhammer Plus yeah if they do that um and it turns out well that'd be so awesome like yeah the people who animated the Astartes project I would definitely watch yeah uh Horus Heresy like animated series based off that that'd be sick I think there's a lot of really cool things that they could do because I mean the the universe is huge it is huge well that's what they that's what's so cool is you have all these stories and none of them really even in the Heresy. Not a lot of them tie into each other. Yeah. And I mean, if you think about it too, like, they wouldn't have to do every single book. Like, I think what they would, they could do it would Boo, be like... Do all the books. That would just be... Do you really want to watch Descent of Angels? I would love to watch Descent of Angels. You're fucking lying. <laughs> I would definitely do it. I think it would be cool. I think, like, if it was a movie, it'd be better. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but anyway... Um, we get to see Horus again. We see Erebus, and it just reminds me how much I hate Erebus. Erebus, yeah, is, he's the worst character. Yeah, I because I'm bringing first heretic, and you know, obviously Erebus is in that. And like every time, him and Corfarion just fucking grind my gears. I feel like Erebus is he's in more stories than any other Astartes, any other character. We saw him in the first three books. We see him in Fulgrim. We see him in Flight of Eisenstein. We see him here in Nemesis. He plays a major role in Nemesis. We see him in uh, First Heretic. Heretic. We see him in um, Ooh, Tales of Heresy. He's in a lot of books. More so than the Emperor. Yeah. It's kind of nuts. He is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's just frustrating because he's not a great character. <laughs> I mean, he's very well written. Yeah, because you, you hate him. Yeah, so much. In which I mean, that's like such like a crazy thing. Like, whenever you can like really write a character that everyone just mm-hmm. fucking hates. Like when you have the Game of Thrones, like you had Joffrey. Everyone fucking hated Joffrey. After right. Joffrey, Ramsay. Some people hate Ramsay more than they hated Joffrey. I can see it. And it's just like when you write characters like that, it's just so impressive. And it's even more impressive if there's, like, a natural actor behind it. Like, of course, there's people to get shit on, but it's, like, kudos to you because you fucking own that role. Yeah, I agree. And I think Erebus is definitely one of those characters. Yep. Like, if it was ever casted, you would have to be like, people need to hate you. Yep. Um, and you have to be ready for it because they are going to fucking hate yeah, you. sure. So we get um, that interaction. We get to see the, the Venom dude get, like, destroyed internally i think it would be a good idea to kind of just talk a little bit about the assassins because we covered them pretty thoroughly in the previous podcast but basically the scene afterwards is the assassins that are at the officio assassinorum working with the emperor they have all their masks on um they're discussing what their next goal is and valdor is there the leader of the custodies yep he suggests that they all work together, which is like a funny little 
Yeah. I just kind of use teamwork. We don't do that. We're yeah. assassins. Which is very true, though. Yeah. Because, like, even in the way the book works, like, they don't really work together. No, not really. Even in the end, they're not working together. They're kind of 1v1-ing shit. Yeah. <laughs> um, but Valdor leaves that suggestion. The leader of the assassins, who turns out to be Malkador. Which, you agrees. know, since we just talked about Erebus, I think Malkador is also one of those characters that shows up a lot. We don't see him a lot, but he, like, for a long time, he shows up a lot. In a lot of the books. Yeah, he's a big character, apparently. And he... <laughs> I don't even know what the fuck he does. You know, that's what's weird about him. Yeah. And like, so when it revealed that like he was the leader of the assassins, I was like, okay. I was like, oh shit, that's cool. Yeah. It wasn't like, in my mind, like maybe that makes sense from Alcador. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like he's just the emperor's right hand dude. Why yeah. Would he although not? I like how like, it's like in this scene, like after like they leave, like he like reveals himself to Valdor. He's like, you know, there's some things the emperor doesn't need to know. Which is funny, because the Emperor knows about all yeah. this anyway. So it makes me wonder, like, does Malkador really not believe that the Emperor knew? I don't know. I mean, the Malkador, Malkador's got to know. I mean, I feel like Malkador should be a strong enough psyker that he should always be able to sense the Emperor. Yeah, it's weird. I think that was, like, the whole Malkador keeping things from the Emperor and Malkador being the leader of Assassins, I think, was kind of a weak point. I'm like, cool. Like, this doesn't make a lot of sense, so I'm just going to sweep over it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, and then Valdor goes uh, and collects the Vindicator assassin. And then the we talked about in that in the last episode how the Vindicator kind of goes out and collects the other assassins within the Soul System. Oh, well, one thing that's kind of cool is when Valdor's with the Infosite, their plane actually got shot down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. By, those, by like, these, like, savages. Another that... thing that's interesting. Yeah, like, we're on Terra. The yeah. first two assassins that they collect are on Terra. And the first place you go is in the middle of the desert. So I think it's like where it's like the Pacific Ocean used to be or something. Yeah. And the emphasite's like, this is weird. Like, I thought Terra was supposed to be this like amazing fortress city. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? And there's these like dudes running around like Mad Max. Yeah, that's exactly kind of like what it was like. Because like yeah. they shot down the plane, like they were just going to salvage it, just going to loot it. And you're like, you, you can imagine that on some backwater world, but on Terra. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it ends up, that's where the Vindicar is, and that's kind of yeah. how he gets. He fucking yeah. snipes one of them at the face. It's kind of cool. But then another thing I want to talk about is very similar. They go and get Iota. Mm-hmm. And they're traveling there, and they realize, like, it's like a brothel, whorehouse, illegal place that all kinds of crazy shit is going on in. It's like yeah. the red light district. Yeah. And again, the emphasize like, what the fuck is going on on Terra? <laughs> <laughs> That's super interesting. So like th- reading all this, it really makes me think that like the emperor is way over his head. Yeah. Like. Well, even- I just think about how big Earth is. And now try to also rule thousands of other planets and the thing is it's even though he may be able to maintain order i don't think society's advancing no because i mean if you think about it like everyone's working a factory job there's gonna be poor people still and you have districts like this where people are 
doing crazy shit. No, I mean... Making illegal drug weapon sales, having insane whorehouses everywhere where people are getting really high on various drugs. Sex, drugs, and alcohol everywhere. It's just a thing. You're never getting rid of it. You can't get away from it. It's... It's uh, it's always going to be a part of society, and the emperor, I think, had this idea that it wouldn't be. Mm-hmm. What an idiot! <laughs> yeah, he should know better. Yeah, uh, humans suck sometimes, and I definitely don't get involved in sex, drugs, and rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> Especially the rock and roll. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, kind of moving past that those were kind of the two cool scenes that i got from it being picked up also i thought the scene when they picked up uh coin mm-hmm. um with the whole fact that the arms dealer the person that made like all of the robots i thought it was cool that he was in charge of the furious abyss's like creation yeah, that a lot cool. of them do. like what a cool like tie-in like way to like wrap things up mm-hmm. from previous storylines because like how in the world were they able to make that yeah. In the soul system, the largest ship ever created. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, well, let's talk a little bit about that. Let's let's talk about how maybe there was some funding from certain people or certain generals were looking behind their backs or whatever. And it's like, okay, like that's cool. I like how they do that. And yeah. then just leave it out there. I also liked how like early on too, like we had like we talk with the Dorn, and I guess he's like fortifying like Terra. Oh, that oh, is that a cool really scene. Cool. The cool scene with Dorn talking to Valdor. Yeah. Because Dorn's all like, listen, I know you guys are meeting in some secret fucking room, jacking each other off in a circle, <laughs> and it's got to stop. And then Valdor's like, I don't know what you're talking about. And then Dorn's like, listen, if we stand here and jack each other off in circles, then we're no better than Horus, who's jacking people off in circles over there. <laughs> we just can't do that. And I'm over here... Trying to make sure that war is ran or won with guns and not jacking each other off. Like yeah. that's what he's trying to tell yeah, this guy it, right now. And like the whole thing too is like, look, if I'm fortifying, like I need to know what's going on everywhere because if something goes wrong and it fucks us, it's on me. It seems like this that I love Dorn. Yeah, because he's literally he's literally the dude. The emperor. It was, he lit, he, in my mind, is like the big brother. Yeah, there was like, okay, come back. Like your brothers are fucking around. Just make sure that the palace is safe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And Dorn's like, God damn it. And then you have, like, Valdor and Magador running around doing weird shit. And he's like, God damn it. Like, will you guys just stop? Like, I'm trying to put guns up. Yeah. I'm trying to blow shit out of skies here, okay? Because my fucking little brothers keep doing weird shit in dark places like yeah. you guys are Also, right is he the most seen Primarch that we've had so far? As far as the amount of books? Yeah. Let's see here. We've seen him in the first book in Flight of Eisenstein. We've seen him in Mechanicum. We see him... I don't think he's in Thousand Sons. He is in A Thousand Sons. Oh, is he? He's in A Thousand Sons. He's in Nemesis. So that's five books? That's the closest probably Magnus... We see Magnus in the second book, Thousand Sons. That might be the only times we see Magnus. He's in First Hereticist as well. Oh, okay. Uh, We see Horus. First three books. 
We see Horace. We see Horace in seven seven books. Oh, Fulgrim. Mm-hmm. And Thousand Sons. Mm-hmm. You're right. Yeah. So the one, which is weird because it doesn't feel like we ever see Horace. I know he's always in there for a very short time, yeah. and so is Dorn. But yeah. Dorn, I think, it just has his presence about yeah. him. Oh, uh, Dorn's in six books. He's in um, Tales of Heresy. Oh yes. So very close. Yeah. And um, we may be missing one. I don't know, but um, yeah, I really like Dorn. I think. I hope we see more of him, like, get a book, like, with just him. And I can imagine the book's just going to be like, fuck, 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 people, stop fucking around. <laughs> God damn it, guys. Horace is on his way. I'm trying to fucking put the biggest gun I possibly can <laughs> right here. That's my job. It's like when you were working at fucking Crane. <laughs> exactly. Oh, man. But, yeah, that's a, that was a cool scene. We have, who's after Iota again? The shapeshifter. Yep, we talked about her. Yep. Um, and then the Eversaur. Yep. Well, the Eversaur is technically before. The oh, yeah, yeah. But we... Not much to Yeah, there. whatever. And then his cousin, his uh, sister. But yeah, that's pretty much that. So, um, they kind of get together and they realize they're going to go meet on another planet called Dognet. So, let's go ahead and pause that story. It's for the can... good story. <laughs> yeah. Kinda. Um, yeah, we can talk about Yosef's story, who's the, uh, detective. So, what I kind of got from this... Is like this planet that he's on became compliant. Yep. And they were allowed to keep some of their like governing systems. Mm-hmm. And one of them was the police force. Yeah. So he works on like the police force that is his native police force. Yeah. While the Imperium also has like an a- Imperium police force. Uh, it's called sub- um, Sabatons or uh, I don't know. They're called I, something. Yeah. They have a certain name because they're like. Like his boss is like, look, I really don't want these fuckers involved. Yeah. Please get this done. Um, but those people are typically the police forces on most planets that aren't as easily compliant. So um, kind of interesting like what, what he does. But he's like an investigator, so he's kind of higher up. It literally is – it's like an episode of like Criminal Minds. Yeah. He's like going into all these different scenes and he's like finding these crazy ritualistic murders where you see like the eight pointed star and insane body parts. But the whole time while he's investigating this, you also see reactions of like Horus. Like yeah. Horus is looming. And the reason they know this is their sister planet, Dognet, um, has recently like claimed for Horus. Yeah. Um, and that's freaking everyone out because that planet's like really close to them. And they're like, how soon will Horus's shadow fall all over our planet? Yeah, and that, like, at one point like, there's like kids like playing a game. I think like his kid was like pay- playing a game about like Horus. And he actually like starts getting like bullied. Yeah. And he has to like go and like talk to his kid like, hey, like it's okay. Like he gives him like this like big speech about yeah. like the Emperor protecting or whatever. Yeah, it's weird. So, Yosef is not religious. Yeah, it was his partner, though. His partner, Sigs. It's just Sigs, right? I think so. Yeah, he is religious. He go. He's part of the Theoge, which is basically the Lecto Divinicus on yep. the planet. It's like a sub-cult. Um, so, it goes from that. And essentially what happens is... Um, the part that really confused me 
is it started to get really political at one point. Yeah. And I was like, what is happening? Like, his boss was concerned about getting her boss involved, and then the media got involved, and they didn't want this person or this person to be involved. And I was like, Jesus Christ, this is a lot. Yeah. Like, it was a lot of complicated, intricate I think it was politics. Mo- it was a lot of it was just like... Probably more pride than anything. Yeah. Because it's like, oh, you know, this are, these are our people, not you fucking imperial pigs. They wanted to show the Imperium that they could get their own messes in order. Yeah. Um, so it goes from that to um, the Void Baron is going to arrive because one of his employees was one of the people that got killed yeah. from the murders. So Yosef went... And, like, intimidated somebody at his quarters on the planet. I think it was just some old lady. It was somebody that worked for the Void Yeah, I was, like, some, like, secretary-type lady. Yeah. She's also kind of like a, uh, like a bitch. And one thing I know, he noticed that I thought was interesting was, like, he was, like, why is this whole place, like, super unkept? Like, the bushes weren't trimmed, the grass wasn't mowed, that kind of stuff. Which, interesting, it kind kind of comes up later. Um... So the Void Baron sends down two agents. One's a psyker. One is like his like right hand man yeah. that is in charge of like keeping these planets in order or whatnot. Um, because the Void Baron's entire job is he goes and like trades all throughout this part of space. Yep. Uh, he picks up like he has large a large like battalion of ships. That will bring goods from one planet to the other and exchange them there. And every time he comes to a planet, like, they have a huge economic boost. So he's a very important person within mm-hmm. the Imperium, I would say. Um, as far as, like, helping the people. Um, but he goes, um, drops off two operatives. Those operatives are really big on just listening to Yosef. Yeah. And not, like, any of his superiors, which I think is interesting. Yeah, well, it's cool, too, because they're, like... You're the one that's been doing all this shit. And, like, Yosef's supervisor is, like, keeps, like, trying to insert himself in. And the guy's like, fuck off. Yeah. Like, you don't know what the hell's happening here. This guy does. Yeah. And Yosef and Sig have a lead on a guy, basically. Mm-hmm. And they go and try and hunt him down. And his superiors get involved and fuck a bunch of shit up and whatnot. Just a lot of, like, political police stuff at that point. But yeah, then- like, they, like, find him, and then, like, doesn't, like, a helicopter show up and, like, scares him off? Yeah. And they're, like, they why the off. fuck did you do this? Yep. And then, um, you get the situation where the psyker operative goes to investigate his house. Mm-hmm. Um, this was confusing to me looking back on it. Uh, so the psycho operative goes to investigate this guy's house, and that's when she gets killed. Yep. Um, by this demon that now is announcing himself as Spear. Yep. Um, and basically, they burn the psyker. He like burned the psyker. Yeah, and I'm like he's like almost like getting off on. It. He's like, ah, oh, yeah. I haven't faced someone this strong in forever. Now, I'll jump ahead a little bit because I, I mean, you guys have already read the book, but we know that Yosef. Throughout this entire book, is Spear. Yeah. Um, and Spear killed him before the book even started, and like took his like personality and appearance. Yeah, I guess like whenever he like possesses someone, he also like 
possesses, like, their soul inside of him. He can, like, mimic their fucking, like, everything. It's yeah. really weirdly described. Yeah. And then, what was strange to me is Yosef was with Sig and the other guy. Yeah. When the Psyker got attacked. Yeah, some a lot of things, like... That I thought was super weird, too, because I was like, wait a minute. That doesn't make any sense. That's why I was like, maybe he wasn't actually already possessed. It was further down? Yeah. It was definitely the whole book. Yeah, it, it was strangely described. Yeah. And so, essentially what ends up happening is they track down where this guy's at. They go and storm the building. The Baron's operative finds Yosef, who's now transforming into this demon thing, and he gets killed by him. Yeah. And then Sig shows up, and he's just like, the Emperor protects, and he also gets killed by him. And it's just like, nothing interesting happens, it just kills everything. Yeah. Um, and it reveals that he was Yosef the whole time, and he also had Yosef in like a... Like an egg. I don't understand how, like, when he possesses people, how it works. Yeah, because, like, he had his body in, like, a sack. Yeah. Did he do anything with it? Wasn't he, was he trying to, like... Oh. He, well, he, like, he made, was like, a growing, clone. He was, yeah, he was cloning Yosef's body so he could... Like, leave it. Leave it there and have him, like, die. Yeah, and be like so. Then he, part of like he was supposed to be the one like was a killer. Yes, and he impersonated from them on the Baron's right hand man. Yep, um, and did all did all this stuff with the local police, yada yada yada. But it was causing like a huge uprising. This problem was amongst the people. They were getting really scared, and it was causing like issues that a member of the police force killed all this stuff in some sort of ritualistic murder and they thought maybe they were siding with Horus and you never get to go back to the planet but he kind of leaves that planet in like a turbulent yeah political situation so he leaves the planet and goes back with the Baron and does some like weird creepy shit to try and get the book yeah at this point too he also talks about like Erebus finding him, like, his little backstory. Yeah. And one thing I thought was interesting, that we didn't really talk about, is that, like, his whole mission, he was saying that, like, Erebus was telling him, like, who he was supposed to kill and, like, what he was supposed to do. And it really doesn't make sense to me, like, why he would be, like, killing this random police detective on this fucking ass-backwards planet. So, the idea was, he was going to kill things and get the Void Baron's attention. Because he needed to be on the Void Baron ship, yeah, to get the mark or to get the um the blood, the something to trade warrant of yeah, trade, the trade, and then go to the Soul System. So his whole plan was working. He was going to go get the warrant of trade, consume it, because apparently when he eats someone's blood is when he can like take their energy. Sure. And then he was going to be like energized in the soul system and like blow up and kill the emperor or something like that. That was the plan. I, I honestly don't know. Yeah. <laughs> his, that was his whole thing. Um, and he was um, going to do that, but then he finds out the Warner trade isn't on the ship. Yeah. 
one thing, though, that I do find interesting is before he goes to find the Warner Trade, the Baron is talking about the plan for the ship. He's like, okay, well, we're heading back to Terra, but first we're going to make a stop at this one system. And he says, and from there, the Emperor's asked me to pick up a group of Remembrancers. Yeah. And take them to Terra. That is definitely... What's her name? Oh, no, because they're already at Terra, aren't they? Uh, the... People from the Eisenstein. Yeah, fuck, what the fuck's her name? The Saint? Yeah. So, I wonder who he was picking up. Yeah, it's not... Because it's not Dahlia, because she's on Mars. Um... It's not any of the Remembrancers from... The first three books, because they're already in t- uh, in the soul system. Yep. Um, it's not any remembrances from Fulgrim, because they're all dead. I doubt it's the ones from Thousand Suns. Those are the only ones I can think of. So the question is, like, who are these remembrances? And why and are they important? Why are they so important to Emperor? So that's kind of interesting. That was like an open-ended, like, we'll get that story someday. Yeah. I like that, that little opening there. I didn't even remember that. That was a good, good catch. Because yeah. um, I originally thought it was the saint. Well, I was like, no, wait. She's already there. Yeah. Because she's at... They're all on the moon, I think. Yeah, on the moon. Um, and then um, he confronts the Baron about the absence of the war in a trade. Yeah. And that's when the Baron reveals to him that he was in charge his entire family dynasty has been in charge of spreading the lecto divinicus across the stars ever since it's formed yep so he would be the one opening up cults like the theoge and stuff like that worshiping the emperor but he's not like a, a religious yep. man himself yeah it's like his job and also spears like i don't give a fuck yeah yeah <laughs> but it's like a, this guy's like i think it was kind of cool to mm-hmm. hear that like these big rogue traders were the ones I'm also curious on, like, why, like, who told them to do that? Yeah, because the Lecto Divinicus was made by Lorgar. Yeah. So, did the Ward Bearers tell him to do that? Maybe. Maybe that was, like... Did Malkador tell him to do that? <laughs> Maybe the Emperor did. I for your last theory. Yeah. <laughs> who fucking knows? But, um... He reveals that... The Warner trade is with a group of the Theoge on Dognet. So the assassin goes there. So that's when you have this whole thing being converged. And you find out, of course, that this assassin is after the Emperor. Yep. Right? So you realize that, okay, the assassins going to kill Horus are going to Dognet. And the assassin that's going to try and kill the Emperor is also going Dagonet. to Dognet. Dagonet. Come on, Dagonet. It's Dagonet. <laughs> uh, so everyone is converging on Dagonet. <sighs> when the assassins get there, they realize that the war was already over and that Horus was probably never going to come to Dagonet mm-hmm. because he already won the planet. Basically, yeah. Like, so, they're, they're still rebels, but like... They were on their last leg. Exactly. So everyone's like, well, what the fuck are we going to do? How are we going to get the horse? Well, maybe we should go to a different planet. And that's when the Eversor of all the fucking assassins was like, no, you guys are idiots. What we should do is just prolong the rebellion and force Horus to come here. 
And they were like, oh, fuck, you can, you can think. That's pretty smart. <laughs> so um, they start, there's like a whole 100 pages, basically, of them aiding the... Um, resistance. Resistance. It was kind of cool, like the first prison scene. Yeah. Uh, it's kind of cool that it's like you've assembled the A-team. What do they look like in the field together? Yeah, and, and it was like, like, they like they met up with the rebels, and they're like, how, how can we trust you? And he's like, give us an hour. Yeah, and they just fucking like destroy this entire fucking like prison system. They and then throughout the months, like they're coordinating the rebellious efforts from the wilds and really like taking back the planet. Um, and they were like putting the winners on the defensive. Yep, uh, because they were just strategic geniuses compared to the rest of the rebel forces. Yep, and then from there, um, you kind of get the side story with the venom. Um, assassin Jenniker, Jenniker, um, and she finds a meeting of the Theoge or the Electo Divinicus, and it's revealed that she is a member of the Electo Divinicus. Yeah, she has this little bracelet mm-hmm. with like the Emperor's face or something. And she is incredibly against the idea that basically the assassin team is helping these rebels for the sole sake of bringing Horus to the planet. And then killing Horus, which would effectively kill all the planet. The, the planet would basically get nuked at that point. Yeah, but you're killing fucking Horus. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, there is this whole thing. And in my mind, the whole time, I'm like, duh. Yeah. I mean, I understand, like, morally, right? Like, you're supposed to, like, is one life worth a thousand or whatever? And in this sense, it's kind of. Kind of. He's taking over fucking planets and killing planets worth of people. So, kind of. So, the concept here is the assassins take out Horus and sacrifice a planet and prevent Horus from killing way more planets. Yeah. <sighs> Rogel Dorn, though, at the end of the book, gives a really good point where he's like, the assassin team was going to fail. Yeah. It's Horace Lupercal. The only thing you successfully did was damn the people of that planet. Yep. You killed thousands and thousands of citizens, millions of citizens yep. of the Imperium for no reason. Very true. Yeah. I mean, he's, not, he's definitely not wrong. Definitely not wrong. And like, if you think about it, like this whole thing was literally like such a whim. They shouldn't have sacrificed. And like look, looking back and looking at what Dorn said, he was right. Yeah. I mean, I just don't know how you could even like look at like, okay, we'll take these five humans. Sure. Some of them are, you know, genetically like altered, enhanced and altered or whatever, but they're still not fucking Primark level. Mm hmm. I mean, I think the only thing I can take down a Primark is another fucking Primark. Yeah. Um, there's an exception of a story that I've seen. It's interesting. Get to that. I'm here for it. Um, I don't know if it actually covered. I, mean, I know Abaddon's pretty uh, prominent. It's um, basically a Primark in 40k. I don't know if I should spoil this because it doesn't happen in the yeah. Heresy. It happens after the Heresy, but it's one of the Primarks, so maybe I shouldn't. We'll talk about there. Okay. <laughs> but, um, so essentially, uh, she, Jenniker is of the mindset that she's going to do whatever she can to help the people and not necessarily kill Horus. Yeah. Which is like, you fucking idiot. Um, although at the end of the day, 
as a fucking poisoner. She wasn't going to be helpful anyway. Yeah, not really. Because, yeah. I mean, their whole mission, or, like, their whole goal is basically for kill a fucking snipe in the face. Yeah. And, like, the Vindicar described their roles, and the poisoning role didn't even make any sense. Like, yeah, she was supposed to, like, let off bombs throughout the city yeah, to cause chaos. Yeah, for them chaos, to escape, right? And I'm like, that wouldn't have helped. Yeah. Wouldn't have helped at all. Wouldn't have been a thing. So, her whole role and on the assassin team was weak as shit. Yeah, like I don't even do know anything. what the fucking Shade was going to do either. Yeah, like, she's not, like, a combatant in any way. So, like, the whole point, she made more sense because she could disguise herself as, like, soldiers that were in support of Forrest. Well, I meant, no, not the Shade, the, uh... Iota. The, yeah, Iota. So, her purpose in the mission was she could detect psychic barriers and presences yeah. and shut them down. That's important. Because the yeah. horse definitely has psychers working for well him. yeah he's the fucking word bearer, so. exactly so like <laughs> she was supposed to be the, like the off switch to that which makes sense to me yeah but like those poisons aren't going to affect the astartes no it's not definitely not going to affect horus no so what do you what do you yeah, there for <laughs> she was like the weakest member she's not like great at combat or anything mm-hmm. she has like a little pistol i'm like there's poison yeah <laughs> so um it comes to the day they go to try and kill Horus. But the Venom person is called by the people to protect something that they have. And, of course, we know, I, I like as I was reading, okay, they have the, um, yep. the, the Warner trade. But what was so funny to me throughout this book. So the person was like, you're the chosen one. You've been sent here to protect us. Literally does nothing to protect him. <laughs> At all. And nothing. She just <laughs> dies. <laughs> so she goes um, off and the Vindicar makes this weird decision to send Iota after her. Yeah. I truly think that Kel was a bad leader. Yeah. Yeah, he made he some... He cared more about his sister for the mission. Yeah, and he made some for sister, shit He didn't see for like 20 years. Yeah, and like, the, uh, Coin made the point, like, he had, like, the infosite working all the time in the field. Yeah. She's like, why the fuck would he do that? Yeah. That infosite's gonna die. And it happens. Yeah. So it's like, like, he's, he was not a great leader, I no. don't think. But, like, I don't think any of them would have been better no. than him. Um, but yeah. they just didn't have, like, they were all solo people. They didn't mm. know what to do. So, um, they go to kill Horus. Everything works out perfectly, except Horus sent down a duplicate, a double. It was Luke. Yep. Um, so he dies. Um, Gets shot right in the face. They go to escape, and uh, they realize that, like, it wasn't the right target. Somebody had betrayed them, um, and they never talk about that again. Nope. It's so disappointing. I want to know, like, who sold them out, and it yeah. never says. So, um, as they're escaping, the Eversword dies, which kind of sucks. I yeah, wish he such would. A badass. Although, at least, he killed some Astartes. He did kill some And it Astartes. was awesome, too, because, like, he killed them, and it's like, all right, I killed two. That ties me with the Vindicare. I got to kill at least one more. And then he explodes. Yeah, but that was badass, too. Yeah, so basically the chemical compounds in his body right before he's about yeah, to die. Yeah, it's like a failsafe for them. So like whenever they die, like they literally just like turn into like a nuclear bomb. Fucking sick. Yeah. Which is very ever sore. Yeah. So yeah, I'm gonna kill everything with me. 
So he's actually the second assassin that dies because why they're escaping. Um, the demon makes his way to the Lecto Divinicus group to get the book, and he confronts Iota and kills Iota. Yeah. Um, it was a kind of cool battle. It's like yeah. a psychic thing. Yeah. Um, but she dies. I thought it was weird that she was the first to die, and the Everest War was the second to die because they were the most badass of the assassins yeah, by I agree. far. So I was like, damn, like I wanted to see those two fight some crazy shit. Yep. But they really didn't. Like the Eversor fighting the demon would have been really cool. That would have been fucking crazy. That would have been a scene I would have loved to see. Yeah. I mean at least we gotta well see him kill some Astaris. Yeah, that was cool. But like I would have loved to see the Eversor just like yep. fucking go toe to toe with that demon thing. The guarantee would be like trying to slice him to pieces <laughs> and the Eversor just wouldn't give a shit. Yeah. So yeah, it was good. So um the infocyte Coin and the Vindicar make their way back to the Vindicar's sister because for some reason that's what they're going to do. Yep. I don't know why. Um, and at this time, the Astartes have decided to just literally destroy the fucking world. Yep. And not even with nukes. Yeah, they're just fucking going down. At first, I was like, okay, maybe they're just going to kill a portion of the population. Nope. They kill everyone on the planet. With like them, like yeah, not, not they're just like fucking like armies, like lines. Yeah, they're just like fuck these citizens. Let's fucking sh- like blow them up for fun. It's kind of crazy. You kill one of us, we kill all of you. It was absolutely nothing. You get the scene where like the planetary governor is like talking to the Astartes, and the Astartes pulls out his pistol and shoots him in the face. Yep, it's like holy fuck. Yeah, that was a badass scene. It was pretty cool. Um, so those assassins reunite with his sister who reveals that the demon has now eaten the page that has the emperor's blood. Yeah. Which is like cool. Yeah. And like it describes him like after he's like, oh, I feel so powerful now. I am the strongest. But he's not even like stronger. I feel like. Not that fucking matters, I yeah. guess. <laughs> so, um, the four remaining assassins go after him, and they crash like their plane, and it kills his sister. Yeah, who is all like, kill "I it. forgive you." Kill it, but not out of hatred. Like, it's a <laughs> demon. <laughs> I know it killed me, but I don't want you to kill it like you did for our parents' killer. It's a demon. Yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna kill it and probably be happy that it's dead. <laughs> Yeah, it's fucking crazy. Yeah, and so she is trying to, like, push her religion on her brother and her dying brother. Every religious person ever. Yeah, and he's like, (laughs) fuck, for the emperor, I guess. (laughs) And so she dies. Three assassins left. They go and fight the demon one-on-one for some reason. First is the info site. Like, he goes to fight him, and he actually, like, does well. Yeah. But then makes this stupid mistake of not running. Yeah, he, he, like, like, steps into it instead. Completely paralyzes him and everything. And it's like, oh, instead of taking this time to, like, find cover, I'm going to walk up to it and try and shoot a little yeah, bit. Yeah, which it was interesting, too, because, like, like, he's, like, like you hear, like, his thought process, too, as he's dying. And he's like, if it wasn't for these the people I was with and, like, how, like, brave or strong they are, like, I would never have done that. Like, that's not who I am. So what's interesting is he said that and then threw the grenade. Yeah. And it worked. Yeah. He could have used that to be like, oh, okay, now's my time to run. Yeah. But he didn't learn <laughs> from the mistake he made three <laughs> seconds ago. 
Fuck he was it. like, I'm going to do it again. Fuck, now I can shoot this thing in the face with my pistol and everything will be over because that's how pistols work. Uh, and so he fucking dies. It's like that fucking meme with uh, like Goofy. It's all like fucked up. It's like, I'll fucking do it again. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is like, I, the info side dying was an interesting one to me because yeah. I actually thought he was going to, like if there was going to be survivors. Uh, yeah, that was me, him. He would be one of them. Um, I never expected coin. To be no. like the second to last fucking assassin. So she comes out, he, she, it, <laughs> fights this thing and like fucking fights it. Yeah. Like sword to blade thing fucking fights this thing for a while. Yeah. And it's like badass. Yeah. Like it's definitely the best fight scene in the entire book. Yep. And she's like doing all kinds of crazy shit. Um, but eventually he just wins. Yeah. Because, like, he's a demon, and that's how that works. And the <laughs> way he kills, the way this demon kills, though, is so fucking awesome. Like, he killed the Infocyte by, like, ripping open his fucking rib cage. Yeah. And, like, then he's, like, eating his insides when Coin shows up. Yeah, because he, like, craves, like, blood or something. Yeah. Or the demon inside of yeah. the body or his skin or whatever the fuck it is. And then Coin, he kills her by, like, taking nails from his, like, flesh. Yeah. Putting it in her head and then, like, spreading her head apart. Yeah. Fucking sick. Crazy. But the whole time, Coin was actually trying to distract him to get a good, like, shot for the sniper. Yep. Which I'm like, he had, like, ten whole minutes <laughs> to shoot this fucking thing. Oh, uh, nope. Coin's still in the way. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, what a shit fucking teammate. So he, like, waits till Coin dies. The sniper shoots this thing. And I'm like, first, fun, at this point, I'm like, fucking finally. Because this fight with the whole emphasis, with the whole, like, ever since his sister died. Yeah. It was like 50 pages yeah. of fighting. And just kept going. I was like, oh my god. It's like... And that was another thing about this book, are the chapters are so, so long. Like, so each one's at least 30 pages, and like, fuck, so this takes me an hour to read a chapter. At this point, like, I had already climaxed when they almost shot Horace. <laughs> I'm not coming again. It's not happening. I'm a one and done type like, of man, guy. Like, man, like, you're really riding me for a 30-page battle scene, and it's not <laughs> doing it for me. It's not getting me there. And, um... Uh, the Vindicar, like, shoots him in the face. I'm like, finally, thank God, he's all dead. And the fucking Vindicar walks up to him like an idiot. No, oh, you gotta be a badass. You have to, to like, it. walk right up to it. You can't be like, let me just put yeah. a few more fucking bullets in there. Nope. Steps right up to it. It's still alive. Dun, dun, dun. No <laughs> shit. Fucking, it was like a Final Fantasy boss. That's how yeah. I described it. as phase five of the Final Fantasy boss. It's not even his final form. <laughs> and he uh, he goes and the Vindicar, like, kills him again with a different yeah. gun. And that's it. And he's finally dead. Yep, and the fucking spear's dead. And he's <sighs> like, well, time to escape. Literally, I swear, I'm reading the book and Spear died. And I was like, thank God. Yeah. Like, wow. What a character. He was just annoying the whole time to me. What a character I didn't want to hear about anymore. Yeah. He kept explaining like his psyche to the like the reader. I, the one thing I never understood was why Yosef was just there the whole time. He was like alive him. in him. Yeah, consciously. I just can't remove him. Like, well, yes. why? <laughs> so he was like a he was a pharaoh. 
But he wasn't a, a fairy. Cause it was a. He was a psyker. <laughs> we don't know what he was. He was a psyker that got picked up by the Sisters of Silence. Yeah. But he was actually a pharaoh. That, that that's what the Sisters of Silence are. Yeah. And then he like a mix of them somehow converged him with a demon. Yeah. And then he like possesses people or like consumes them and their souls live in him. Your confused face is exactly what we're all thinking. I'm right just like, oh my god. Like and he constantly is trying to explain this throughout the book. And I'm like just die. Yeah. I just don't care. Like I Can do- I skip this page? I don't know. Is there something important gonna pop up? Exactly. So finally he fucking dies. And, like, the whole thing, like, Erebus gets told that he dies. And Erebus is like, I have no time for failures. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, well, we had a lot of time for him, apparently. You made him drag us. <laughs> he was. He really weighed heavily on our watches. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, uh, the Vindicar then decides. This is, like, the whole thing. Like, the whole thing is, like, constantly... Trying to climax at the wrong times. <laughs> so the Vindicar is like, my mission isn't over. Now I'm going to go kill Horus. I'm I like, that say, was the plan yeah. 300 pages ago. Well, one part I did actually like about this part was when he messages like the astropath. And like he tells like the astropath, like, oh, it's we're doing code whatever. And the astropath is just like, understood. Good luck, assassin. Yeah. Like, he just, like, is like, we're gonna die. Yeah. Good luck. Well, Hopefully you do something. So this is what he does. He takes his ship, cloaks it, rams it to the vengeful spirit, and I think his, like, goal is to, like... I think just kamikaze. Kamikaze the vengeful spirit. Yeah. And we don't know if he succeeds. We know Horace lives. But, like... Well, he obviously failed. (laughs) Yeah, I know. But, like, it doesn't show him dying. He's literally just like, I'm going to launch myself at this thing. And Horace is like, come and get me. He literally says that. Yeah, Horace is, like, smiling. Yeah, he's so fucking weird. Horace is now weird. He's like, come and get me. Chaos, dude. The fuck does weird shit to people. And uh, he launched himself out of the ship, and then that's it. Yeah. You don't really see what happens to him. Yeah, then we go back to uh, Terra. Where the masters of the Assassinorum are meeting. They're like, oh, it failed. Shocker. That's another annoying scene. <laughs> so I'm like, maybe we'll get something cool. And the Emperor shows up. But before the Emperor shows up, Dorn shows up. He's like, take all your masks off. Reveals Malkador. I, the, my, my favorite part about that story was when he was like, reveal yourself, Malkador. And Malkador was like, how'd you know it was me? Well, Dorn was like, I didn't. I guessed, and you just told me. <laughs> <laughs> that was, like, such a cool Dorn moment. Yeah. Um, and then everyone takes their masks off. Doesn't reveal who they are because, like, we wouldn't know. Yeah. So. I do like, though, how they, like, when Makador, like, finally, like, takes off his, like, mask, like, the other ones are, like, one of them was, like, I fucking knew it. <laughs> who cares? Yeah. <laughs> so... Um, Roma Dorn's like, we're done with this. And then Valdor is like making this argument. He's like, well, we did this and we ended up stopping the assassin that could have killed the emperor. Well, no, I, he like, Dorn's have. like laughs. No, he fucking Yeah, he's like, you really think 
And that something like that's going to kill my father? Dude. <laughs> and this, not only that, like, he died from bullets. <laughs> like, we're sitting there thinking it's going to take some crazy shit. And this dude just shot him with a sniper rifle and then a pistol like three times. Yeah. That's all it took. To try to kill the master of mankind. And, like, so this whole argument that Valador's having, like, he could have killed the emperor. Really? Because he got killed by a sniper rifle. <laughs> That's half as powerful as the guns my dudes have right behind me. Like, I don't think that's a, a thing. Like, this this assassin never had to go up against an Astartes. Never had to go up against a Primarch. Nope. Never had to go up against the fucking Emperor. I just highly doubt that it would have been a problem. Anything, yeah. And so, like, that whole argument's kind of stupid. But Doran's trying to be like... He, he's saying, listen... We need to stop doing this whole in the shadows stuff. It's not how we fight wars because we're trying to win over the hearts of the people as well and make sure they know they're safe and they're fighting for the good of the Imperium and not like this evil force like Horus has. Yeah. There needs to be a line between us. And that's when the Emperor shows up, which is interesting because at this point in time, is he not dealing with the whole Magnus situation? Pretty sure he is. Dude, um, uh, his should at least be working on the webway. Um, yeah, because like Magnus interrupted. If we think of the timeline, Magnus interrupted the webway project right after Isfahan. Yeah, that's when. Right, right. Actually, before Isfahan. Yeah, because he that's had when Lehman, it fully. Lehman Russ was still trusting Horace. Yeah. The pri- none of the Primarchs knew the horse was evil yet. Yep. So, yeah. The Emperor should be dealing with that. But he's not. Because when Rogaldorn gets to Terra, this is the first time Rogaldorn's seen the Emperor. Yeah. Because he's been locked away. Which is like such a weird thing for the Emperor to come out for. Yeah. Because not only that. So, Dorn's having a subtle argument. We shouldn't do this in the Shadow War. Doing, doing the whole assassin thing. That's wrong. The Emperor comes out and says like the most pol- politician thing ever. He's like, we're no longer going to do this in the shadows, but we're still going to do it. (laughs) I'm like, what does that even mean? Like, you're not going to tell people you're sending assassins after them. Like, you're just not going to wear masks. You're not going to do it in this room. You know, like that's, (laughs) it, it meant nothing. Like, everything the emperor said meant nothing. Like, what is your fucking point? And honestly, it's kind of just this entire book. It was crazy. And then, like, the whole time, you don't even get a reveal on, like, who betrayed them. Yeah. So it's brought up again because you see the last scene with the War Master, with Horus. He, like, made people get in that, like, star formation. And then, like, blew them up. Yep. The survivors of Dagonet. And Erebus is, like, thinking to himself... How did how did Horace know to send a du- a clone or dupe? Yeah, never tells you. I, I think it's just implied that like the warp. It's told implied Horace. that either the warp told Horace because Erebus was like maybe he's communing with them and I'm not, and I should just let that happen. But it's also implied like maybe he has connections all the way to Terra. To Terra. Would like to know. Yeah. That would have been a cool thing to talk about, too. I think it would have been so cool. Like, the book would have been so much cooler if, like, they, they killed someone important 
but not Horus. Like, more important than Luke. Yeah. Like, maybe, like, Axamon. That would have been sick. Yeah. And then, like, someone betrayed us. Figure that out. Yeah. And one of the assassins was bad. That would have been cool. Would have thrown you for a loop. Yeah. Instead, there was no loop. No more intriguing things. It was just, like, killing another assassin for 100 pages. Pretty much. Yeah. A lot of dragging out. The ending was terrible. Like I said, I think it would have been an awesome short story. Yeah, they could have taken out a lot. They could have taken out the A team. They could have taken out the whole Yosef part. Could have been its own separate short story almost. Yeah. Um, they could have taken out the other assassin. Yeah. They could have literally just made it about a group of assassins trying to kill Horus. Yep. It's literally, I'd all had to be. Probably would have enjoyed it more, honestly. Yeah. It would have been much more interesting. Like figure, like if they went more into the interest. I think it would have been cooler if they somehow were on like the vengeful spirit and like we're trying to like find Horus on this spirit and like kill them. That's what I thought it was gonna be. Yeah, me too. Yeah. Overall It was alright. It was okay. Yeah. Wasn't the worst book, wasn't the best book. It's worth a read if you haven't read it and you've read the rest of the heresy. (laughs) (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um like, if you've read the important parts of the heresy, I would say read Battle for the Abyss first. And yeah. And then you can read this <laughs> if you're super bored. Yeah. Um, Ranking-wise, like, um, I it's on par with me, Flight of Eisenstein. I have it, like, just above the Scent of Angels. And, yeah, just above the Scent of Angels, yeah. Well, that's it. Yeah, that's our review, guys. Next week, we'll be previewing The First Heretic, which I've been enjoying so far. Gavin has to start reading it. It's going to be a... Close call. It'll be an interesting preview, for sure. Yeah. Um, As always, if you want to contact us, you can do that with our email, which is at theheresylodge at gmail.com. You can tweet us at heresylodge, and our Discord is pinned there. Also, leave us an Apple Podcast review. Helps us, makes us look cool, makes us feel good. Other than that, I hope you guys have a good weekend, and we'll be back with our preview for Sarah next week. See ya.